0: All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Feeling good as fuck, man. Sipping on the Me Familiar shit. <laughs> Got me feeling good. <laughs> Episode 169, man. Thin line between genius and the sanity podcast. Hosted by yours truly. OG! Come well, on, man. You know the motherfucking ras. Let's go ahead and get right into it. Welcome to Raw is OG! ask man. You know the fuck <laughs> that nigga playing on me, man. DJ! Job, man, welcome back to another motherfucking episode of the thin line between genius and insanity podcast. Those about yours truly. Oh, G! Now spin that block, man. <sighs> yep. Yeah. Side recording. I've been sipping. I've been smoking. Just watch Deion Sanders take down TC, motherfucking you. Feeling pretty motherfucking me good, man. So for them fuck niggas in the back, fuck y'all. We ain't going include y'all this time. Just all the bad bitches, please approach the front. Shake a little ass. Let them know your boy is. For the bitches, nigga. 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 For the, bitches, nigga. For the, bitches, nigga. the fly is high, is cool, is smooth. as motherfucking host of them all. Oh, jeez. Hash me, you what know the fuck it is, man. What's up with you How you doing? How you doing? <laughs> Hope you out there looking good, feeling good, staying safe, man. There's a whole lot of shit going on with transmitation each and every episode. I'm just shout out to everybody around the world that's tapping and joining the conversation, man. I truly appreciate all the love and motherfucking support, man. Get your merch, get your merch, get your merch. <laughs> right, let's keep Miss Empire brick by brick. Uh, no matter how you tap in, man, if it's on the DSPs, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Audible, Mac, et cetera, et cetera, we ain't that bitch, man. I'm pulling up. I'm always there when you need me, always on time. <laughs> I'm there, my nigga. Content's there, the catalogs there, man. Tap in, tell a friend, tell a friend. OG has got a motherfucking me show, man. If you tap in on YouTube at OG Hash TV, man, I truly appreciate all love, support, man. Leave a comment, subscribe to the channel, leave a uh, likes, all the comments, all the good shit, the shit the YouTube and say, okay, man. Look, I still got up uh, episodes. I gotta upload to YouTube, man. The visual shit, <sighs> that shit takes too much motherfucking me time, man. But we we will get that caught up, you know, so we get everything caught up on audio and visual so we can make sure things are in pair. Uh, we will be doing a live streaming episodes very, very motherfucking me. soon to avoid the latency problem um, with having the visuals out there, you know, at least a podcast, but it's in the fucking um, um, top produce so We don't need to go mad hardcore with the and bro, just get out of that raw visual. And just like the audio, and we just match it up like that, man. The audio numbers are growing rapidly, so let's make the visuals catch up with that so we can keep building Empire Brick by motherfucking Me break. Um, But I'm feeling good, B. I'm feeling fucking good, okay? Episode 169, the Grano stuff of motherfucking Me So We own the Grano 200. Um, the Me Familia has taken me there, okay? I'm fucked up. I'm in a stew. I'm fucked up. I'm feeling like a rapper, <laughs> I'm feeling pretty motherfucking me good, man. And see, um, TCU do they motherfucking me thing? We gotta talk about that. Um, so it's a whole lot from the motherfucking me doc I want to get into. So let's go ahead and start with the shit that got me hyped today. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, Colorado just did something that I didn't even expect them to do. Um, they just did something that really uh, signals. Um, the changing of the guard, um, the new school way of coaching. Um, and the face of that will be Deion Sanders. You know, Deion Sanders taking Colorado down into TCU, who was a national champion runner-ups last year, and to defeat them in a hell of a motherfucking game. Let me let me say it, it was a hell of a fucking game. Like the first half, it was a good, you know what I'm saying, contested game. It was, it was big plays made here and there. Second half, my nigga. Every possession was a goddamn touchdown. Every motherfucking possession wow, was a fucking touchdown. At least five possessions in a row. Touchdown, 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 touchdown. You didn't have. To, you damn had a kick return go for a touchdown. This game was absolutely fucking amazing. To know that NFL season starts next uh what Thursday, um. This is a hell of a way for me to be introduced back into the football um, way of things because I ain't been watching shit. I ain't been watching none of that shit. Niggas put them pads on. I don't want to see no preseason game. I don't want to see shit. The Hall of Fame game. Yeah, fuck all that, my nigga. I barely even been watching fucking um. Uh, uh, what's the shit called? Uh, what's the shit called? Where well, they following the Jets around? What, what's whatever the fuck? I'm, I'm looking, I'm fucked up. Okay. <laughs> um, I barely been fucking watching that. Yeah, I know how much I fuck with Lee Schreiber and shit. I barely been fucking watching that. Keeping up with that shit. So it's like, bro, hard knocks. Yeah, hard knocks. I barely been keeping up with motherfucking me hard knocks. So my first actual football game I've watched in this season was this Colorado versus TCU game. And bro, this shit was fucking amazing, bro. This shit was absolutely fucking amazing. Um, Shador Sanders is him. I don't look, I know we're gonna I'm gonna get into Travis Hunter. Uh, we're gonna talk about the, the, the magnificent journey that Deion Sanders has taken to get to this point. But Shador motherfucking Sanders, let me get a closer for you guys. It's fucking him. I don't, I don't give a fuck about it. nothing he do for the rest of the season. What he did today, over 500 yards, he had four different receivers with 100 yards. I've never seen that before. I, I've, look, I've played football. I've watched football for, so, nigga, over 15 years now. I've never seen a game where there was four receivers on the same fucking team with over 100 yards. I've never seen it. You, you see, like, one dude going crazy. Or you would see two dudes going crazy, tight end, may get some love. You know what I'm saying? Running back, get some shit, some screen passes, some like out routes and shit. I've never seen four niggas have over 100 yards. That highlights the motherfucking me diversity. That highlights the motherfucking me uh, uh, exceptional motherfucking me mind that Shador Sanders had. He's picking niggas apart. It ain't one. We seen a lot of Travis Hunter. We seen a lot. What's the nigga named Horn? We seen a lot of them two niggas. I didn't even trip off two other niggas having over 100 yards. The nigga's him, bro. The nigga's him, and he's not. He's a black quarterback. He's prime time, son. So, of course, the stigma may be, oh, well, he a RG3 ass nigga. He a running ass quarterback. That nigga's mobile in the pocket, but I didn't see him break away for no runs. Hell, I seen plays where he could have easily picked up the first down with his feet and had and still had his eyes downfield. The man is him, man. I don't think they're going to be able to box him in with that same motherfucking me, uh, you know what I'm saying, narrative and stigma that they give every other black quarterback. They, may, they might not even do that shit out of respect for prime time, or coach prime now, but even off his play alone, his style, nah. You can't box that young man. He is him. That nigga is him. And to know that there's another nigga on this team that may win the Heisman and Travis Hunter playing both, both uh, on both sides of the field. And Yoji, when niggas say playing both sides of the field, yeah, you may, you know what I'm saying, do 20 offensive plays, you know what I'm saying. Even if you the nigga did play corner and wide receiver, he went running straight routes, routes. He may do some slants, some goals and shit. Travis Hunter is doing the route tree, ladies and gentlemen. Travis Hunter is out there looking like a straight wide receiver one in the big leagues. I ain't even talking about. i talking about in the pros. Travis Hunter looks like he can be a wide receiver one. He look like Jarvis Landry. He can be Jarvis Landry to me at least. And I like Jarvis. Travis Hunter is him on offense. He dropped a big long ball down. For, that could have been a touchdown, but everything else, every contested route, um, big play that they need down the stretch, he did it. Diving catches. You know what I'm saying? And the niggas him go routes. And then when you get on defense, he's literally running the routes for the receivers. He steps ahead of the wide receivers. Damn, they're picking every damn thing that comes his way. He had an interception today, bro, that I, you see, but it's rare that you ever see it. That's usually a route that nigga that's, they there open every motherfucking time. And he picked that shit up. Man, look, the man is him, dog. That man is him. I was a little skeptical just because I understood what Deion Sanders was doing. I knew that he was going to be able to bring in top-tier talent at skill positions. But we all know when the difference between um, D2, HBCUs, D1. The difference between all these big schools is the niggas up front. Skill positions, you can go get you some dope-ass niggas that can run routes and catch passes and all that shit everywhere. You can go find them niggas everywhere. And that's not me shitting on that that cream of the crop because the cream always runs to the motherfucking top. But there's a larger pool of skill positions than there is of brutes up fucking front. The higher the level, you know what I'm saying, the the bigger the niggas up front. And if you can't dominate in them trenches, you're not going to really have a successful season. So everybody had the mindset that it yeah, maybe take two, three, maybe even five years for Deion Sanders to actually lock in and get that straight farm system going to where he's a straight powerhouse ass nigga. What I seen today, fam, oh my God. Granted, I seen some, 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 um, some uh down the I say probably the second quarter on throughout the game, I started to see the boys in the trenches starting to flail a little bit, but they held up. In college, you got to understand, man, unless you're going up against Alabama and Auburn and all them niggas and straight primetime games, you can probably get away with some subpar big niggas. I ain't going to lie to you. They playing with heart, and they playing for that man over down the sideline. See, I don't think people understand how big of an impact coaching is, bro. I was talking to my own boy earlier. Really. He talking about our coach wasn't a bad coach. I'm not going to say my coach was a bad coach, but I'm not going to say my coach was a good coach. I'm not going to say that my coach was a coach that I would want to run through a fucking brick wall for. Fuck no. When I got when I stepped on that field, I was playing for me, man. I was playing for my fucking pride. That's what I was playing for. I had already accepted I was playing for a, a, a sorry-ass uh, uh, school, a sorry-ass uh, system. I, I ain't never seen success with my football team in high school. I was already in my mind like, okay, bro, we fucking suck. Nine times out of ten going into this season, we going to fucking suck. But if I if I try if I work my ass off and I try to be a leader amongst my other amongst my guys, maybe we can do some shit. And then we end up doing some shit. I'm not taking credit for all of that shit. But what I'm saying is, I didn't necessarily uh, uh, look at the success of our senior year in high school as any product of coaching. If anybody would have gotten nine for coaching in that season, it would have been fucking Coach Grillo, the fucking offensive line coach that was new that year. Who was the fresh, who Who's a fresh face who got the niggas right in the trenches. So it was, I never even looked at the head coach and go, oh, that nigga, hey, I'm running through a brain. He was funny. He, he, the nigga was funny. The nigga was funny, but the nigga was annoying as well. So why I don't agree with the with nigga's time, but he wasn't a good coach. No, nigga, coaching means everything. And when I see this Deion Sanders shit, this shit is amazing, bro. Yes, Deion Sanders has the motherfucking me, um, the the uh he has the uh star power from you know being prime time, from being recognized as the greatest cornerback of all time. Like my nigga, that's been something since I was, I was a kid. Like that's never even been argued. That's never even been rivaled. You know how niggas be like the best player in the, in the world that's rivaled, the best player of all time is rivaled, the best quarterback of all time is, is now Tom Brady. I, at one point in time. That hey, was Joe Montana, you know what I'm saying? All them niggas from back in the day. You know, so that shit was rival. Deion Sanders has never been rival. Hell, you got last year, motherfuckers was saying Micah Parsons was the next fucking LT. Niggas have been rivaled except for one man. When you think of swag, when you think of swag in sports, you think of one man. You think of prime motherfucking time. Must be the money. The swag, the aura, the legend is there. He has the star power. That alone will draw a young man who wants to reach those heights to him. That alone will get the, the families to want to push their kids to him. Do you want to know why? Because they were fans of Deion Sanders. If motherfucking me LeBron start coaching fucking college basketball, my nigga, you know how many families is going to be urging their kids to go there? because they were they know lebron they was a fan of lebron james they know what he did instead of just pushing them off to some fucking big name white coach and i'm not trying to throw race to it but i'm saying when you see a, a your niggas of yours and what they reached and they have the opportunity for your kids to go there and learn under them you're always going to see your kids that way so he has the star power with that but that's not the only thing that gets the shit going for Deion sanders bro Bro, Deion Sanders is actually a fucking great coach, a great leader. And the reason why I say that is because like, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not one of them niggas who really dive into all that religious shit, right? I don't, I don't really want to hear that shit all day. I don't really want to. Do I pray? I pray probably two, three times a day. Every time before I eat, my nigga, I pray. I don't give a fuck. Well, I could be eating orange for the first time. That's my first thing I ate all day. I'm praying. So I pray. But I'm not one of those people who talk religion. Y'all know what I mean about the, the niggas who talk religion. Then the pastor talking ass niggas. And Deion Sanders has a lot of that in him. But he also has a lot of real nigga in him. He has a lot of must be the money in him, but he also has a lot of glory to God. And, a lot of, and, and that combination is a very special and rare combination. That's like my homeboy. I got a homeboy named Savage, right? Yeah, I brought him on the show before. You know what I'm saying? Hell of a player, one of the, one of the best players I've ever played with, if not the best, to be completely honest with you. Um, he's one of those guys growing up, a lot of Caseyville, 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 yeah, yeah, But there's a lot of great guy. You know what I mean? There's a lot of great guy, there's a lot of God-fearing man in this dude. So I if I if I had to. Picture anybody that would be a great combination to coach anybody or lead anybody or you know what I'm saying train anybody, it would be a nigga like that because you get the best of both worlds and you get raw and you get genuine energy. And when players come against when they get they get that in a coach who they believe in, who they genuinely uh, believes want to lead them to the next level, my nigga, that them players will do anything. And that's what you saw today against Colorado versus TCU. There's no way in hell Colorado should have won that game. The spread had Colorado losing by over 20. It was like 20.9, my nigga. The spread wow. 20.9. I damn near wanted to take it. But in my mind, I said, fuck. Then they're gonna lose the battle up front of front the trenches. TCU was national champion runner up. TCU probably won by 24. That's what I thought. That's what we thought. Did I hope that yes, it'd be a close game in the first half? Absolutely. But last year, what was TCU? A second half team. TCU, the niggas, they, they 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 offense, they get up. New quarterback, I assume, but they get up. We all know how college football is gonna be close as fuck. In the second half niggas lose by 26. And the second half, I start I start to see the big boys up front losing, not lose, but start to stall off in the in the, in the trenches. So it was there. The ingredients was there for TCU to take off. Colorado had two turnovers in the first half. It was there. It was on the table for TCU to. What you got was fantastic play from, you know what I'm saying? What you got was fantastic motherfucking me play from Travis Hunter. What you got was fantastic motherfucking me play Uh, What what was the running back? Number three. Can't forget his – I can't think of his name. Fumbling the first half. First possession of the second half. Take that bitch for a screen. He gone. You got fantastic play from fucking Shador, man. That was a great fucking game, man. Y'all know I'm not even that big on college football like that until, like, national championship time. Come on, man. I'm I'm tapping to every Colorado game. Them niggas is doing something special, man. Win, lose, or draw. They doing something special, man. I'm, I'm here for it. I love to fucking see it. I'm happy that they got this victory because like Richard Sherman said last week, if they get this victory, it's going to take them to a whole nother level. They don't even got to win more. They don't even gotta win they got to win because I think they got like four more games against like straight prime time niggas. They don't even got to win the rest of them games. The fact that they won this one has more eyeballs on them. I think they move into a new uh, new like big 12 or something back, whatever that division is called, next year. Come on, man time got something cooking on these niggas, bro. He, he truly motherfucking me, do, And I'm here for it, man. Shador Sanders and Travis Hunter are them. Fuck that him shit. They are them. <laughs> like, fuck that. Either one of them, man, can go number one. Fuck, I mean, I'm stamping it. Either one of them. And, man, more than likely, it may be Shador. He's a quarterback. Travis Hunter? Pfft. Nigga may be funny looking. He may look like 50 Cent a little bit. That may be 50 Kid. That nigga one of those, man. That nigga's a special motherfucking telling. They gotta watch him. They gotta monitor him, though, because don't run that young man to the ground. That's a lot of fucking snaps. Even on the first game of the season, to have over hundred snaps, close to it. He had over. He had sixty in the first half. So they gotta monitor that boy. Don't, don't run that young man to the ground, man. Please don't. Please don't do that to the young man. And he suffered any motherfucking injury. Please don't have that half to that young man. But. It's gonna be an interesting season. We gonna we gonna be tapped in all the way, motherfucking me, all year long. I'm gonna get y'all updates, man. We tapped in with Colorado, man. I gotta get some gear, real motherfucking talk. Um, but moving on, let's get into Fifty, man. My boy Ferrari, man. Um, <laughs> you know, this is a very interesting and odd incident. Fifty Cent is going viral right now. Uh, he's been going viral. He has. A, he's like he's having a hell of a tour right now. Um, they postponed the Phoenix show, which I'm actually happy about because I wasn't gonna be able to go to the goddamn show. It was the Tuesday following the Snoop Dogg and Wiz Khalifa concert. I had, I could have got the ticket, but just thinking smart, but that would have been way too much money to be spending, bro. His ticket was way higher than a ticket. His ticket for the same seat was like a hundred some dollars more. So I definitely just wasn't gonna do that, uh, and that was gonna hurt me a lot. But now nah, the show has been postponed. I'm definitely motherfucking me going. But what he's going viral for as he's having this magnificent, wonderful sellout tour, is going to viral for an incident that he threw a microphone at a young woman. This <laughs> is look, as fucked up as it is, it's actually very fucking funny. Because we know how this is gonna play out. We know the game. We know did we did he throw the mic? Absolutely. If she fucked up, absolutely. I'm not laughing at her wounds. I'm not laughing at, you know what I'm saying, a, a woman being hurt by no means. Do I absolutely think that 50 Cent threw this microphone on purpose? I'm going to be honest, which I absolutely do not. Did he actually hit this? try to hit this woman? I can't say he did that. And I stand firm in believing that he did not try to hit this woman on purpose because I seen 50 Cent throw out the first pitch at that fucking baseball game. My nigga, did you see Wow. He aimed at the pitcher through the ball. That motherfucker went like 30 feet to the left. He he can't aim. He can't aim. You ain't no way you finna sit here and tell me that. He looked at a woman square her eyes and said, you know what, bitch? You got something coming. Look, now, is he at fault for throwing it? Do he deserve 100% of the punishment? Absolute fucking looting. I'm not saying uh, he he shouldn't be held accountable. Fuck no. He gonna cut her ass a nice fucking check. They say he's suspect in a criminal criminal investigation right now. Fifty people gonna reach out to her. She's supposed to be some radio host, so she has a name. You know, she has a reputation. His people gonna reach out to her. Look, man, give you a nice five hundred. She got at least a fucking hole in her head. So I the, the 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 wound that I seen, she had like a little hole in her shit. So once they even heal up, it's gonna be a little scar. You know, so here's a nice little 500k. You want to play hardball? Fuck it. I'm 50. I got it. 750. If you want to take this to court, that's where you're going to have a hard time, baby. Because, yeah, everybody may look at this and say, money, 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 money. You don't get that money immediately. You want to go to court? Let's go to fucking court. But you got to understand, you're not just going to court with 50 cent. Going to court with 50 cent alone. (laughs) I don't know if you know the stories. (laughs) But even, though, even if you haven't heard the stories, I'm, I know you're just a radio host, baby. You probably got a lot more money than me, but you're just a radio host. You don't got a lot more money than 50 Cent. His lawyers alone can draw this out a few years. Do you have enough money to last a few years to go to war with 50 Cent in court? And like I said, you're not just going against 50 Cent in court. You're going against Live Nation. You know, so that's who's putting on the tour. Um you know you're going against his his insurance people. Um, you're going against the fucking venue people. There's going to be a lot of lawyers on that on that uh on on that suit on that suit you're going to be filing. Are you are you prepared to take this years down the process? I don't think anybody would. If I was the victim, a nigga throw a microphone at me, bam. Fuck my shit up. My nigga, if you come to me talking about yo, I got 250 500k right now. Cash here you no know, just drop drop this shit we go our separate ways 250 to 500,000 nigga i'm taking that and i'm good quit my job we good i'm not finna go through that lawyer shit i don't think anybody we going to take that money i got nigga i got scar on my i got two scars on my face right now and i don't give a fuck give me that cash baby <laughs> i want that and i want free tickets to every fucking fifty cent show for the rest of my motherfucking life Give it to me, nigga. What the fuck are you talking about? And I want that from Live Nation. You know know what? This would be my deal. Give me the 500K from 50. You know what I'm saying? Because 50 ain't going to get cut that check directly out of his own pocket. I'm pretty sure 50 got some type of torn insurance type shit like that. Um, Live Nation probably got something like they got a budget already for that shit right there. It's not like it was an accident or nothing like that. It's it's on video. They going to cut that motherfucking me check. Give me 500K. And I want to get free tickets to any motherfucking me concert that I ever want to go to for the rest of my motherfucking me life. Put it in a fucking rocket, wow, fucking paper. Give me my tickets, and we good. That's the deal. We good. We squared away. Live Nation, Fifty Cent. It's your birthday. We gonna party. We squared the fuck away. We good. <laughs> but the video is fucking funny. The video is fucking funny because anytime you see a, a, a artist. You understand the emotion and the uh the anger in that moment because you're trying to put on a show for 25, 30,000 people. And in those moments, you want shit to go perfect. Now, granted, you may be saying, hash, you made excuses. No, I'm not making excuses, bro. I can only I know from my experience when I'm recording, when I'm trying to put on a show, when I had guests on, you want everything to go perfect. So I can only imagine when you're putting on a show, this is your livelihood, this is how you make your money, your living. This is your reputation. When you're trying to put on a show and put on a great show for these people, and things are going wrong, which was happening in the 50 Cent clip, you see that he's trying to go on, his microphone isn't working. I've seen Beyonce get mad, I've seen other acts get mad. uh oh, shit, we just seen Cardi B throw a microphone to somebody a few weeks ago. We've seen artists, you know what I'm saying, display frustration and anger on stage. Now, is he wrong for throwing a microphone? Absolutely. fucking Is it fucked up that it hit a young woman in the face? Absolutely. fucking If the microphone would have been thrown and nobody was seriously injured, this wouldn't be a story. It would be, fu- be the funny video of this nigga 50 throwing a microphone. But the simple fact that the young woman had her fucking head busted open, it's fucking sad. It truly is sad. It's, it's, it's fucked up. You seen police body cam push. she you saying they, she wants me to check her brain. Like She's she doing exactly what she need to do. She's going all out with the theatrics, like you're supposed to. This shit is serious. Get that money, baby. I ain't mad at you. That's his fuck up. But it is interesting to see that this nigga's going viral for this incident and in that he's still having this sellout fucking tour. I think if this tour wasn't doing as good, it's probably would have halted some things. But the some of fact, this tour is selling out Nigga, mass arenas and mass amphitheaters, 25, 30,000 people for an album that came out 20 years ago. I don't think live nation ain't canceling shit. They gonna get that money, they gonna get that lady her money and, and tell her to get the fuck off. Live nation ain't fucking stupid at motherfucking all, man. At motherfucking all. <laughs> that nigga 50, a fool, man. <laughs> get well soon, shorty. Real talk. Get well, motherfucking soon. <laughs> um <laughs> moving on, man. I got a question, man. You know, I came across this clip, right? And it was just a young man. Um, and he was chasing his wife around with his phone, you know, recording her all, you know, all funny style and shit. Um, uh, and I guess the recording was basically because um she was texting her male friend. Um, uh, and he had caught a glimpse of some flagrant shit, and he asked to see her phone to see the messages. Um, she started being hysterical, you know, she started to say she's going to call her friends to say how uncomfortable she was. She was going to storm out and take the dogs for a walk all of a sudden. Um, the video is at least like two, three minutes long. Um, and he's over and over again, like, let me just see the phone. And she's saying how uncomfortable she is. She's saying that he's going to hit her all of a sudden. They've been with each other for 11 years. And now all of a sudden she's scared he's going to punch her in the fucking face when I mean, he just asked to see her phone. Now. The premise of this is, of course, do you think that these people are going to still be together? Um, I do, because not every man has the same mentality that I have. Um, not everybody has, is is um, is in stern and stands on their morals and their beliefs like I do. So, no, I don't believe he'll leave her. Um, but I want to ask you guys, for people that's in relationships in 2023, are, you got, are we still, you know what I'm saying, looking at phones? Is that, is that off limits? It's looking at your partner's phone off limits. I got to be honest with you. I feel like whenever you get to the moment in time in your relationship that you feel the need to look through um, your significant other's phone, at that moment in time, that relationship is pretty much over. Because at that moment in time, you already have an idea of something. You're just looking for confirmation. And at that moment in time, there's been deep. Sea, there's been. There's been. There's been a. Uh, um, there's been. There's been. There, at that moment in time, the relationship is starting to be torn apart because the trust is no longer there. If you don't trust the person you're with, you might as well not even be with them. Why are you? Why are you self-sabotaging, and self-harming your own fucking uh, mentality just to be with somebody if you don't even trust them? But I hear this over and over again about couples having the issue of partners going through each other's phone. And I'm not saying you have to be hiding something in your phone. We all get that people have, like my phone, my phone has everything in it that I need that I personally fucking like. So if I have certain things in my phone, I don't want to be shown, I don't want to be shown. But when it comes to showing a text thread, I of a manager talking, so you can't show that to your man, you're fucking cheating. <laughs> Excuse me. There's there's no other fucking way around it. You're fucking cheating. You can't even show a text threat that you're having with another man to your significant other. You're fucking cheating. What are you hiding from this man? What the fuck are you truly motherfucking me hiding? And my question is this. Say when you do get to this point and you ask to see your girl's phone because you know she's texting somebody. You ask to see her text. What, what do you do when she says no? At that moment in time, what is going through your motherfucking mind? Because I gotta be honest with you, if I ever got to a moment in time in a relationship without dealing with somebody, and I felt the need to text, uh, check their cell phone, and I asked to see their cell phone, and I was met with a no. At that moment in time, I can tell you exactly what's running through my head. Oh, this bitch getting dick down by some nigga. Wow. It's some NBA. It's some NBA player fucking my girl. Wow. you don't never just jump to the conclusion thinking it's some bum ass nigga fucking my girl. It gotta be some Amy, this nigga Kevin Durant slid in my bitch DMs. Wow. This nigga LeBron James. Man, I found out to my knees when the law came wow. Man, I found out to my knees when the law came out. <laughs> this nigga Anthony Edwards slid in my bitch DMs, man. That's how. I, that's just how I'm rocking that. If, if I'm assuming, if I'm asking for CEO text messages and you not giving them to me, Shorty, come on, man. Who is he? Is it, I listen, do I listen to his music? Please don't tell me it's Larry Jones. <laughs> But honestly, I'm going to instantly jump to that conclusion. Just the same way a woman would do the same thing with me. There's women I text right now. If I don't give them a straight direct answer, they automatically are thinking that I'm fucking with some other chick. I can be at the home, pass it on the fucking couch. They think I'm knee deep in some shit. I mean, hey. <laughs> but still, <laughs> it's just wild that people go through these things. Faithfully, and what I mean by that is, you hear this story time and time again of a person thinking their significant other is creeping out on them. Uh, they don't have true, uh, true trust and faith in their partner. Uh, they're living in fucking mental and mental, uh, mental prison because all day, every day, instead of be thinking freely and, and focused on important things, they're focused on their partner possibly creeping out on them. How are you laying up with the person you think is cheating on? You? And that's going both ways. I have women, I have women listening to this show as well. How are you laying up with someone that you believe is cheating on you? As a man, how are you doing it? Like, I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm gonna, be, I'm gonna be a little personal here. I've been open on this podcast about me catching uh chlamydia before a few years ago, right? That has changed my way of having intercourse around my rest of my life. At that moment, like leading up to that, bro, I was knocking bitches the fuck down, bro. Just knocking bitches to fuck protection, all knocking bitches to the fuck them now, bro. I ain't trying to do that shit. I, I know I know what it's like, my nigga, to be sitting around feeling like the nastiest nigga in the world because somebody you put your trust in fucked you over. I know what that side of that what that side feels like, and I was fortunate enough to it was something that I can get rid of and I can learn my lesson from. I, don't, I ain't not here trying to fuck all these hoes. Man, fuck that. Fuck all of that. We if we gonna fuck, we gonna fuck. We ain't gonna fuck, we not gonna fuck. And even still, we gotta build a whole trust and, and foundation for me to even think about taking that fucking condom off. Yeah, we, we, we gotta be in some type of relationship for that shit to be going on. But it's just, I know a lot of people don't think like that. And I know a lot of people that have partners that they feel is doing that shit to them and they still lay down with that person. So you're not only fucking, it, uh, uh, mentally fucking yourself, mentally damaging yourself, self, self-sabotaging self your own confidence, your own fucking, uh, 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 you know, mental, you're also putting your health at risk willingly at this point because there's no gun to your head. You know the situation, you know, you know the uncomfortable feeling that you're in. You're willing to still be in that in that situation, and like I said, this is going both ways. Because as a man, I was in that situation. As a man, a woman gave me some shit, and I know a lot of women out there that men give them shit. So it's going both ways. When you're will, you're now willing to be in that situation. You have to get out of that motherfucking me situation because it's it's clear as motherfucking me day that that person is doing you wrong. And when I seen this clip, it was clear as motherfucking me day, my nigga, that your bitch is cheating on you. If you see her texting the man, her male friend, and she's not showing you the text messages, all of a sudden she wants to get up and go walk the dog. Come on, man. Yeah, she may, she may damn well give you that phone as soon as she come back. But even with hers doing that, before she leaves the house, she's telling but she's going to call her, her, her sisters and let her sisters know just how uncomfortable she is right now. She's now threatening. She's She now feels threatened all of a sudden. Come on, man. Your girl is taking dick from that nigga, man. He's knee deep, man. He's punching her shit in. Just like that. Just He's Stevenson Gall in her pussy, bro. He's Bruce Lee in her pussy, bro. He's, he's watering her pussy, bro. <laughs> That's what's happening, man. It's a lot of freaky shit going on in that text thread, man. There's a lot of shit your girls doing she ain't never did for you before in that taste thread, B. I'm just being honest with you, man. We we I, look, I've been that guy that had a nigga's girl doing things she's never done before. I I'm just saying. Wow. I'm just motherfucking saying, buddy. <laughs> um we're moving on though, because I wanna ask you this. You know, we grown. You yeah, I'm 28 years old, man. I was born in 1995, 95. nine, 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 five. It's been 10 years since I've been in high school, buddy. I'm old as fuck now, right? And we grown, man. We have sex. We, we, we have sex with people. We, you know, we, women have histories. They have past and they come with experiences, man. Like, we, I'm at an age now to where Ain't no virgins, be you know we we grown, you know what I'm saying? I always dated up anyway, so it was like women come with experiences. So I've never been the one to even ask about a body count. I've never been the type to even try to trip off of that because as much as I would say body count doesn't matter to me, once you get a number, that's when shit starts to matter. Wow. You know like, I may not ask about it, but once I become aware of just exactly how many. Dicks you took. That ain't. We ain't even talking about how many times you took some dick. Cause you could have had one dick twenty goddamn times. When we get into how many different dicks than been inside you, then it's like in my mind. I don't want to say I'm judging you, but in my mind, there's no way I'm really sitting like I. Right. I'm still gonna you, you the one type shit. No, I'm gonna slut your ass out. Let like them other niggas slutted your motherfucking ass out. Wow. <laughs> but that's you. I'm just being honest with you. I don't want to hit a number. You know, like some chicks be like, they, they man might be cheating. They just don't want to know about it. Look, I don't want to know about how many niggas have been inside this pussy. I just don't want to know. I know you're not a virgin. I don't want to know about the nigga that was fucking you though. I came across this clip, <laughs> and I think it was from Tasha a Tasha K interview. So I'm not gonna play the clip because I, I don't really even rock with a lot of shit Tasha K be doing. Um, but I think it's I think it was Tasha K. If it's not Tasha K, I, I apologize. But it was a young woman who was 27 years old, right? 27 years old, and she was on there and she stated that she had slept with over. 2,000 men. Nasty bitch. I don't even know how the fuck that's possible. 27 years old to sleep with over 2,000 men? Nasty bitch. Now granted, you may very well be able to guess this woman's occupation. She's a stripper. You know what I'm saying? She's a stripper. She's selling pussy. She's getting some... You know what I mean? But 2,000? 2, 2,000? 2, like... Man, look, (laughs) that's why I asked, okay, does body count actually matter? Because if a woman, if if I'm talking to a woman, bro, and she got 2,000 different dicks, I don't even care what age we are. You can be fucking 62, bitch. We can be old fucking people that met at a fucking Starbucks one day. We can be old as fucking dirt. I don't give a fuck. We can be 78 years old. We met on fuck, on an on old people day nap type shit. And you tell me you, you 2000? Bro, this is when I realized that I'm just not fucking enough. Like, <laughs> wow. I'm just not fucking enough. Like, bro, like, that's a lot. That's a lot, bro. 2000? Man, hold on, man. I'm sorry. I got to pull out the handy dandy. I got to pull out the handy dandy, bro. We're going to do 2,000 divided by 27. My nigga. My nigga. Man, I found out to my knees when the law came. Man, I found out to my knees when the law came. 2,000 divided by 27? It's 74. That means if she was fucking for 27 years, that's 74 different dicks a year. Well, we all know she wasn't fucking for all 27 years. Let's be modest with this bitch. What are we going to say? Let's go. If, if a bitch is 27, you know what I'm saying? If a bitch is 27 with 2,000 dicks, over two, She said over 2,000. So I'm really being modest already just putting in a 2K. 2,000 dicks at 27. Let's just say you started fucking. I'm going 15. I'm I'm going 15. Maybe 12, but I'm going 15. I'm going 15. So let's do 2,000 dicks, which is still being modest over 12 years divided by 12. Get the fuck out of here. Man, I found out to my fuck knees fuck it. when I'm okay. Get the law came Nasty bitch. This motherfucker said 166 and a half dicks. That bitch was getting 166 and a half dicks. Wow. It's 365 days a year. Like I said, we not even talking about spinning the block. We ain't even talking about, oh, you fucked a nigga on Tuesday and you liked the way that dick felt, so you fucked him again on Thursday. We not talking about that. We talking about another nigga fucked you. 166 at least. Come on, man. Come on, man. What we come on, man. <laughs> and then we had that. That's why I had to ask myself this body count matter because look, shorty wasn't ugly. Shorty wasn't ugly. I can see why she's she, she, she she's a uh, I guess a successful stripper, but if you're a successful stripper, you wouldn't be fucking all these niggas, would you? If you was a straight successful ass stripper, you wouldn't have to fuck all these niggas, would you? You may want to have fun every now and again in the back room, but you wouldn't be fucking 166 niggas at least every year. You wouldn't be doing that. But that's when I have to ask, like, yo, does body count really fucking matter? Because I don't want to hear the number. Don't tell me the number. Just look, I can tell you know what you're doing by the way you eat this dick up. I can tell. That you know what you're doing when you start hitting the splits on this dick, I can tell you know what you're doing. I can tell you 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 have a freaky motherfucker when you open up the drawer and sex toys and shit start falling out that bitch. That's all the motherfucking me to mathematics I need. That's two. That's two. Okay, that's four. I don't need no other numbers. I I don't need to hear about, you know what I'm saying, what age you was when you first started getting this position. I don't need to know about what year it was. I don't want to know nothing because this is fucking disturbing, man. Over 2,000 penises, man. And that's when I had to ask myself this question. You know, I came across some shit. And it's about it's it's tied in with the whole body count shit. When you come across this shit, yeah, the actual stuff. Is marriage cooked? Because what type of women are we truly trying to marry out here? I remember when I was a kid, you know you used to watch a movie. And it was these characters, right? It was like the, like the goofy-ass nigga. He'd be the goofiest nigga in the movie. Straight cornball-ass nigga in the movie. Probably like a straight dork. In the movie, he would always find romance with a wild, rambunctious, you know what I'm saying, sexy whore in the movie. Y'all yeah, know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I can't really think of any movie examples off the top of my head. But that's like one of the, that's like one of the common... You know what I'm saying? Uh, stories and movies. Whenever there's a group, you know, so it can be a group of friends. You know what I'm saying? There's gonna be the star of the movie. There's gonna be the star of the movies like Right Hand Guy. There's gonna be the, the the idiot. You know what I'm saying? There's gonna be the the, the straight dork ass nigga. But somehow in that uh, at the end of the movie, when the the, the fucking the main attraction, the, the the fucking sexy wild girl who be fucking and doing all the ratchet shit. Somehow, way, she always ends up with the bird chest nerd-ass, dweeb-ass nigga. And growing up, you kind of identified that he's, he's in lame-ass, goofy-ass nigga. But as I've gotten older, <laughs> those roles have changed so much. Because now everybody's doing this with these fucking whores. And that's why I asked you, is marriage truly cooked? Because what type of woman are you truly trying to marry? If, every, if, if, all, if all these women is out here fucking and sucking and doing all this wild OnlyFans shit, who, who's going to be left for us to truly fucking marry? Who's going to be left for us to truly give it all to? I'm not giving my fucking all to no hope It's not happening, Captain. I'm not giving my all to no woman that is fucking just when we go to the grocery store, the fucking butcher the nigga's chopping the fucking meats. Fucked you back in the day. I ain't fucking giving my all to no woman that the nigga at the DMV laid you the fuck down. I'm not doing it. I'm not. I, I, everybody comes with a past, but I'm not marrying. I don't even look. Marriage itself is fucking bullshit. We can, we can do the Kanye West. We can get married, but we ain't legally getting married. We can have the event. You know what I'm saying? Ain't no papers being fucking signed, Oh. It ain't happening. It ain't happening. I'm not doing it, man. I'm not, I'm not giving my all to no woman that I know for a fact, you know what I'm saying, was on our back spread eagle for a bunch of niggas. I can't do it. Call me what you want, my nigga. Yeah, shallow. You know what I'm saying? I don't I believe in true love. But it ain't gonna be nothing that's gonna make me stop thinking about all them times you did that with all them different guys. I can't, man, we can be together, we, we can have fun, I can mature and get over. I can be over this shit, you know, so we, we, can, we can have fun, we can be together, but marriage, man, come on, man, kids, not on purpose, no, nah, it ain't happening, <laughs> it ain't happening, I'm sorry, Two, over 2,000 dicks got me fucked up, I'm beyond, over 2,000 dicks got me fucked up, I'm beyond you. I'm sorry, that got me off, my mind right now is all fucked up. I can't even proceed. Like, over 2,000 dicks, you got me fucked up. It, we have a problem now. <laughs> like, every morning there's beef. Like, what the fuck, you, you mean 2,000? Nah, now I don't even. Now I believe you was just a sex worker. Now I believe it's way more than 2,000. Because ain't what you just randomly pulled 2,000 out your asshole. Where you get the number 2,000 from? You've been keeping tallies? You've been keeping tallies, That's what you're doing? You got a book? You got a black book? (laughs) It's just wild to me, man. Over 2,000 dicks uh, at 27 years old. I love having sex, too. But, man, I don't even, my body count, bro, my body count not even in the hundreds. My body count not even in the fucking fifties. Like, I don't, like, I I work. You know what I'm saying? Even with me, and that's not, because women I do have sex with. We have sex. Like, it's not like a one-time thing. I don't do the whole one-night-stand shit. So maybe that's that's how people are getting to these large numbers. I don't do the whole one-night-stand thing. When I meet women and we reach that level, we pretty much have sex quite often, a few times. I don't believe in having all that many different partners, bro. I just don't. I was playing the game safe and still got fucked over. So I don't believe in having that many partners, man. I just... And I know that's not popular for a lot of niggas. You know what I'm saying? Me personally, when I meet a woman and we reach those levels, you know what I'm saying? I end up fucking that woman for a while, bro. I ain't saying I'm with them or nothing like that, but we just have a relationship to where we've reached that level. We've grown. We we've we've done it. We did what the fuck we did. And a lot of times it shit spans over years. And I'm not saying it's gonna be a consistent thing, but two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight times a year type shit. We've been fucking for years, you know what I'm saying? And now I'm talking about different link-ups, you know what I'm saying? You get a few rounds in every time. So that's why I just don't understand how niggas got that many partners, Um, different partners like that. I really – I know what it's like, man, and a lot of niggas don't. And I pray a lot of niggas don't ever experience it because my nigga, it was a lot of nights looking up at that ceiling. You know what I'm saying? Thinking that shit was going to be old. I was going to quit doing the pod. Like, How, how was I going to come in here and, and, and talk shit about other people's life with well, my dick over here dirty as a motherfucker? Like, how, how was I going to do that? <laughs> how was I going to do that, man? So, nah, man. I, I was fortunate. <laughs> I'm happy as a motherfucker. This shit worked out for you, boy. <laughs> Real motherfucking me talk, man. Right, but moving on. You know, we got some news. We got some news. I told y'all last episode how we had the whole Supermoon thing, right? I was all out of it. Like, my movement was all lagged. I was moving slower than usual. I was driving under the speed limit for some reason. And I was saying, man, that had to be what my nigga Earl Spence was going through. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) It had to be. Well, news comes out, man. I told y'all Earl was going to trigger that motherfucking me rematch. Earl Spence has officially triggered the goddamn rematch. Against Terrence, but... Wow! Now, this is going to be interesting because Earl Spence wants it to be at 54. Um, I've heard Terrence Crawford also say he'll take the fight at 54 just because um, Boston is the hurt business, and he was hurting as well, getting down to 147, I believe, is the weight. Um, Excuse me. um, I'm going to be honest, man. Barbershop talk, you know, when I'm in the shop and shit like that, I was telling niggas, yeah, I'm an Earl Spence guy. I'm a Bud Crawford fan as well. I don't think anybody who was a fan of either one of these guys wasn't a fan of You had to identify these two as 1A, 1B. No matter how you had it, I was just an Errol Spence guy. I just like Errol fucking Spence more. I like the whole walk a nigga down, punch through a nigga guard, body shot, body shot. Yeah, I like niggas getting knocked out too. But once you hurt, I'm just going to torture your ass for these whole motherfucking me until you quit. I like that style of fighting course you like terrence crawford i wasn't surprised that terrence crawford won the fight i was surprised at how he won the fight because we all went into that fight thinking that okay it was gonna be a good fight no matter who the fuck you picked um so yeah in the barbershop i'm telling niggas yeah man he beat my nigga ass but i don't even want to see the rematch but a part of me i also told niggas this as much as i don't want to see the rematch there's a little slither of hope for me to eventually grow into wanting to see the rematch because Earl Spence lost twice at the Olympics. Usually, you only lose once at the Olympics. He lost. It was some shit that went down. They put him back in there, and he lost again. Then he went undefeated into his professional career. Earl Spence has been down before, but I also believe he deserves the right to try to get his leg back because, look, man, it's like in UFC right now, you got Al Jermaine Sterling, who just lost his belt to Sean O'Malley. There's not even true talks about Aljamain Sterling getting that rematch. They talking about uh, uh, Sean O'Malley fighting, you know. what I'm saying uh, 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 my nigga Cheeto Vera and shit like that, which is a cool fight. Cheeto Vera beat Sean O'Malley before, but to me, when somebody is a champ and they've been a, they've been defending the belts, when they lose, they should get to be able to get at least try to attempt to get their leg back. Now, Earl Spence, like he did get his ass whooped, but they are going up in weight. Like I said, I I truly believe, bro, watching him walk into that fight, watching that fight, that did not look like Earl Spence. And I'm not trying to say it had nothing to do with the nigga that was uh, across from him because, yeah, when you get across certain motherfuckers, you got to switch some shit the fuck up. You know what I'm saying? But it was just something about the way he looked, bro, coming into the fight. That didn't look right. You know what I'm saying? So don't want to make no excuse. He definitely got his ass whooped. The better man fucking won that night. Um, and the better man as of right now is Terrence Crawford. That doesn't mean I don't want to see a nigga that I truly respect his grind. You know what I'm saying? Get out there and at least try to get his lick back. It says a lot about somebody who gets their ass whooped like that. And after getting the ass whooped, handle like a man in the press conference. And also say, nah, fuck that. I want to run that better, try to get my shit back. It says a lot, bro. It says, a lot. And I think because if, if, if it happened at 54, it's not even for the belts because the belts is at 47. So if the fight happens at 54, this is for, if I'm not mistaken, then this fight is strictly for pride and nigga for his last name. And as a fan of him already, and even as a motherfucking me, man, I got to salute that. If I saluted motherfucking me, Deontay Wilder getting his ass with that many times and still saying till this day, I got to salute to motherfucker me and Rod with Errol Spence Jr. for trying to get back in there with, uh, with Terrence Bud Crawford to try to strike even. Because if, if he wins, the trilogy is winning. Look, the the main thing in boxing, my uncle told me this shit a long time ago. I'm an MMA nigga. I'm an MMA nigga. I don't even do this whole boxing shit like that. The one thing he told me about boxing, that, that mother, the, the best word in boxing is trilogy. And niggas can't tell me they wouldn't love to see an Errol Spence and Terrence Crawford trilogy. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just hey that's all I'm gonna say. If Earl can go in there, win this motherfucker by decision. I don't give a fuck. How he do it. Hey, motherfuckers can go, gonna go open their motherfucking mouth and start screaming for that trilogy. This has been the best mega fight we have had since motherfucking me Pacquiao and motherfucking me uh, Floyd. And this is the and, and really the first fight didn't even fucking compete to that. So we can get a second fight better than that to gear for a third one. Hey, man, that's all I'm going to say. Hey, man, (laughs) real motherfucking me talk. Uh, But moving on, man, before we get the fuck up out of here. Ayo, man. (sighs) Yeah, I don't even know how Look, some shit don't even surprise me no more because I'm 28 years old. I've seen so much shit. I've been through so much shit. People around me have been through some of the wildest shit I've ever heard of. So I don't easily get surprised about the amount of fuck shit I see, man. Um, I came across this clip that I want to play with y'all. Little parts of it. Um academics shared it on his on this feed, and it was about this woman who was bragging about on a podcast about how she called social child services on her ex on an ex-boyfriend of hers um, and made false accusations. I wanna hear, I wanna play this clip for parts of this clip for you guys so you can just understand that her ass may be fat. Her titties may be bouncy. She may have she may even have a nice car, my nigga. Don't let that shit distract you from the true evil spirit that's in fucking front of you, my nigga. This shit goes both ways. You know. Men do some vicious things to women, and women do some very vicious things to men. Because I've seen time and time again of women doing uh, using the system against a man, because the system is designed to tear a fucking man apart. A black man, especially. I want to play this clip for you guys. Parse this clip and just I want I want you guys to understand where the fucking coming from with this. Bad, because I was like I felt so bad about yeah. it. <laughs> um i called like child services mm-hmm. on this one <laughs> i call, i called child services on my ex because he pissed me off and then i was like yeah, i'm done with this person whatever like you know cheater fucking piece of shit mm-hmm. liesable, dumb shit he had kids i called child services mm-hmm. on his ass and this i like wow fabricated everything and like censored things and they like wow. went to the door and like there was a whole process like i don't even know if the children's aid worker still visits them but she probably does because of what i said like the way i ai'd that shit you know like real ai shit like wow fake bruises type. I- shit. be careful fellas yeah yeah pretty crazy. So you fake bruises, you fake shit, and then you just made like an exaggeration story. and then... On their kid, on, on his kids. That Your kids are being abused. You know, you could lose your kids. And I was just like, that sucks. That sucks. Yeah, should have been nicer to me, bitch. I'll be honest with you. You know, and this may go off into a tangent, but niggas be asking me sometimes, they all hatch, why you don't be bringing women on your show like that? And I'll be honest with you. I've brought more women on my podcast than I've brought men. That's a fact. Look at the numbers. I've brought, if, if not more, it's probably equal. Some of my best episodes have been with women. I bring women on my podcast who I believe have substance, who I believe are dope, who I believe I, I can if I can have any fucking, um, 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 uh, type of influence on shining a light on this person, I want to take that leap and do it. I don't bring hoes on my show, bro. I don't care about no... What is this bitch talking about, man? Who is this bitch, man? Who is she? I don't even know who show this was. Look, my nigga, I'm not even trying to diss you. What I am going to say is you're lacking content, brother. What is this bitch talking about? I'm not bringing bitches on my show's To talk about who they fucked, who they sucked, and what nasty, malicious things they did to their exes. Lock this bitch up. Why is she not in the jail right now? Because if you can go on the platform and openly admit about, and look, I don't even want to get worked up about this shit. Because I don't even know if this shit is true. This bitch could be just trying to go viral. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe she's one of those people who was stooped that low to go viral. I, I don't know. I don't know this bitch. She has some nice titties, though, I, but I don't know. But why, if this is true, why wouldn't she be able to go to jail? If you were able, ballsy enough to go on a platform, record Airways, and admit to making false accusations on the man about abusing his kids, and neglecting his kids, whatever the fuck it may be, to the point to where child services has entered those kids' lives. Once child services enters a kid's life, their life is officially changed because the parents are now being policed. One slip up, those kids are gone. I remember when I was a kid, right? I got a scar on my face that a lot of people really don't ask me about no more um, because a little bit of hair does go over it. But even when I get a haircut, nobody truly asks me about the scar on my face. I got the scar from my face from an incident with my mother. Yeah, um, my mama hit me. You know what I'm saying? She was hitting me. Um, and she forgot she had her ring on. And her ring slashed over my fucking face, bro. Um, never went and got like no stitches or nothing like that. Um, it just healed up into a scar. And when I went back to school, um, when I went back to school, the teachers, everybody saw it. Teachers saw it. The principal saw it. You know, guys, counselors saw it. They called me all down to an office, um, and they were trying to get me to get child services involved. And you may be sitting there saying, Hatch, what do you mean they tried to get you to get child services involved? What I mean is I was probably in the fifth or sixth grade when this happened. Um, they were asking me about what happened. And when I told them what happened is, um, okay, y'all niggas fucked up on some shit, Send me home with some fucked up paperwork. My mama thought I was being bad at school, started giving me a whooping, started hitting me. Forgot she had her ring going and slashed me. Once that story, once I told them that story, they went on and on and on for at least another two hours trying to pry information out of me or turn my words against me to get child services involved. Child services was eventually called up to the school. Uh, it took for me to plead with them, to let them know that my mother wasn't a fucking abusive mother. Shit happened. Um, and looking back on now that I'm an I'm adult, I'm still happy that I took that stance because I know how much my mother does love me and how much that was that was indeed an accident. Um, but I know what it's like when child service enters, you know what I'm saying, they a child's life. So why wouldn't this woman be locked up for blatantly making false accusations because what? A nigga was cheating on you? He cheated on you, so now you want to take his kids out of his life? Who the fuck do you think you are, you bitch? But you guys have to keep your eyes open, man, But she, she can have a fat ass some big titties. She can be exotic in your eyes. She probably got a dishwasher for her mouth. But that bitch is evil, man. Y'all got to open your eyes and, and, and realize who y'all introducing to y'all kids and who you're introducing to your life as well as a parent, because there are some evil, malicious, motherfucking me people out there, man. It truly motherfucking is. Um, moving on. You know, basketball season is slowly, slowly approaching. Um, some teams will be entering training camp this month. Um, big Lakers over here. Austin Reeves is over there cooking for FIBA. You know what I'm saying? Cooking for FIBA. He doing his motherfucking me thing on the global scale right now. Uh, doing some low-key recruiting. Probably get a little at Edwards to the Lakers in a few years. Um, but the one thing that I want to talk about, when it comes to basketball, you know football starts, man. We finna get to our football back very, very soon, man. Next episode, I'll give my predictions because that's gonna drop on Thursday the day of um uh Chiefs versus uh who the fuck the Chiefs score against. I, I don't even know, I don't even know the Chiefs is going against. Is easy. easy victory, B. I already bet on it, okay? <laughs> easy Vic. Um, the one thing about basketball I do want to talk about is that it's been confirmed, Giannis Antetokounmpo. It's coming to the motherfucking Wow! Giannis Antetokounmpo has made statements about how he's not going to resign his extension next season because um, he needs to make sure that everybody's on the same page in the front office, his teammates, and stuff like that. Um, He's made statements like this probably twice now in the last year. Um, And everybody had the response of that's the right thing to do. You got to force the hand of of Milwaukee, uh, make sure Milwaukee doesn't get content with their one championship, which it will be hard for them not to do because it's fucking Milwaukee. Um, Nine times out of ten, this could just be the end of Giannis and Milwaukee because they could trade him, get some motherfucking pieces, be a silo team in the the league, and they'll be very content with that the same way they did with trading um, Kareem to the Lakers, bro. So, that's happened before. There's no way, there's no reason to see why history wouldn't repeat itself due to the fact of the relationship between Giannis and the front office and that city being so well because he's already delivered. Um, the reason why I say Giannis to Lakers is because, yeah, I'm just being facetious saying he's going to the Lakers, but the Bucks responded to Giannis's statement. You know, typically when you see a star make a demand like this or a statement like this, you know, a trade may be pulled through. They may be working, or you know, they may bring be bringing a new coach, in. they've already done the new coach thing. He's an unproven coach that I don't even know his fucking name. They may you know make a trade with a nice little decent player or something of the nature to let the star player know that no, we with you. When Kobe was saying shit like this and he wanted to be traded, Lakers said, "Hold on, big fella, let's go get Powell Gasol." You know what I'm saying? The Bucks responded by going to sign Alex Anthony Kumpo. Wow. They went to sign his younger brother from oh, from like overseas or a G-League team or some shit like that. So now there's Giannis Thanassis and Alex Anthony Kumpo all on one team. So by Giannis making a statement that he's not going to resign. Unless he knows the front office is serious about winning. Their response was to sign his other trash ass little brother. I'm going to be honest, bro. That's like the equivalent of your girl catching you cheating. So now you got to agree to let her fucking mama move in. <laughs> like, wow. Like what that's like, bro. Yo, you, you've been fucking up in, in your relationship. So now all of a sudden she need to feel uh, feel more comfortable by her family. Now her brother and her sisters have moved in and shit. You know, her cousin that fell back fell on hard times. Now they done moved in and shit like that. That's what this is like. What the fuck is bringing his little brother in going to do? That didn't make the team no better at all. What look is he going to give us? I just, look, I, I want them to keep acting. Keep doing what y'all doing, Milwaukee. Trade that nigga to us. Matter of fact, don't even trade Buddy. Let Buddy walk. Giannis, come to the Lakers, man. You know you need to be a fucking Laker man. You come to the Lakers in three years. We get Anthony Edwards on Lakers with you, bro. You, him, A D. Come on, man. You and Austin Reeves. <laughs> That's a chip, man. That's a motherfucking league championship, bro. Um, uh, but moving on before we get the fuck up out of here, man. Um, my show has come back, man. You know, I gave y'all the season one updates of uh the ultimatum. Um, uh, great fucking show. Love that show. Fucking love it. Uh, I don't have Netflix right now, so I may I can't do updates how I want to do. Um, but I have watched the first two episodes. Um, great fucking show! It's is it's the ultimatum too. Uh, this was about marriage, though. So it's like I think the first season was about marriage as well. But I don't think that was the main like motherfucking me like point was. I thought it was like more so like a, a commitment type thing. But I I don't know. Maybe I'm just tripping. But um, this season is great as well. Um, more so, you got women who who are reacting. Uh, more realistic, you know what I'm saying? Who are in love? I feel like more so on season one of the women, you had um the men who are more in love with the women. Um, and this time around, I think it's more so the women who are more in love with their uh male counterparts. So um it's a very it's very good so far. Um uh, and i I seen the first two episodes. I plan on watching the rest of the episodes um very, very soon. Um man just get Netflix by my damn self because. It's like as soon as Netflix did that no sharing home shit, they started dropping all types of uh, fire ass content. So I'm gonna have to check that out, man. But you know, I'm I'm I'm, I'm, I'm promoting it, man. Everybody gotta watch the Ultimatum season two on Netflix. It's a great show, especially if you got a chick you with, or for lazy if you got a a, a a dude you fuck with, man. I think that's a cool little show for people to watch together because, um, in one episode, um. You get POVs from different people and different couples, uh, but you see the different layers and levels, I should say, of a healthy and a toxic relationship. And it gives you something to laugh laugh at together with, um, something to marvel at together with. Um, it just gives you something to just experience together because it can also teach you something. It can open your eyes at the shit that's going on in your relationship and, see, and teach you that the grass isn't greener on the other side because I think that's the overall purpose of the show. I'll let you know that sometimes the person you with um, is the person you with for a fucking reason. You know what I'm saying? Um, so it's a very interesting show. Season two is actually out right now on Netflix. Go check that shit out, man. It's a great fucking show, bro. Um, I would love to be on a show like that, um, just because I do think you learn a lot about yourself as well. Because um, what you think you're, what you think you want may not be what you need. You know what I'm saying? Or what you think you want may not actually be what you want once you get it. You know what I'm saying? So I think it's very uh, interesting motherfucking me show. I truly do. Um, but with that being said, bro, I think that's all we got. Let me run through the docket one more time, make sure we ain't missing nothing. Um, we got Colorado defeating TCU. Shadour and Travis Hunter are them. <laughs> 50 Cent is a suspect in a criminal investigation. He throws a mic at a radio host. He's um, looking, looking into each other's phone off limits. What if she doesn't let you see it? Then what? Does body count actually matter? Is marriage cooked? Earl Spence triggering a rematch? Giannis to the Lakers in the ultimatum season? Motherfucking me too. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's all we motherfucking me got, man. So you already know how I give it up on this side, man. Um, with that being said, DJ, drop that fire ass beat, my boy. Um, great episode. Man. Great, great. Brave weed, although I've heard there may be some genetics. That may be that may not be the actual shit that you smoking, But some good shit. That's, on that's all my motherfuckers say. That's all that matters. But that being said, before we get to body in, the fuck up here great ass episode, it's all love these ways. You know, never left us you, Bullshit. I always keep the main thing the main thing. Stay safe. Stay sharp. Stay sane. And I'll do the episode we out of the moment. Um, (laughs) look, man, it's a great episode, man. Um, it's fucking monsoon season out here in Phoenix, AZ. Um, what does that mean? I mean, it's been dusty as fuck. It's been raining shit these last couple days, trees and shit been falling. Um, I came home the other night in the middle of a fucking monsoon. What dust storm? I should say, Um, fucking trees and shit in the middle of the road. I was off the shits. So I'm just happy I made it home. By the time I made it home, it was a fucking tree. Um, that failed it was right in front of my parking spot bro so um i was just happy my car wasn't 30 times i probably had a fucked up car um it's a lot going on with this monsoon shit bro me personally i'm from the loop man so i love this shit um but out here they just not built the city isn't built for this type of shit man the rain it'll flood some shit easily because the sewer system is fucking trash it's non-existent i should say um and people out heard just can't drive. Right? They just don't. They just don't know how to drive. And when it rains, so it's um, a lot going on out here in these streets of AZ. Um, but that won't stop a nigga from getting up this fire ass content to the motherfucking me folks, man. Um, great motherfucking me episode. Uh, great way to wrap up the week. Um, and we're gonna we're gonna keep this motherfucking me show rocking, man. Episode one seventy is motherfucking me next. I'm out this motherfucking hottest episode, man. Peace. Welcome to. Hurrah! Yeah! OG! All right, man. You know the fuck, man? Go play on me, man. (laughs) You dig!